0: It's Fire Away Friday Friday. on Exploring the Word. This is your chance to ask us your Bible question at 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. You can also email your question at word at AFR.net or visit Facebook.com slash Exploring the Word.
1: It's Fire Away Friday on American Family Radio. Habakkuk chapter 3. Verse 2, part of that verse says, O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. That's a prayer that we have here on Exploring the Word. We are praying the Lord would revive his work in his church, in his people. And on Fire Away Friday, we love to hear from you and get excited about the Word of God because we know that the Holy Spirit of God works through the Word of God to bring that revival. This is Burt Harper along with... Dr. Alex McFarlane, and it's our joy to be with you on this Fire Away Friday where we take your Bible questions, and right now, we're opening those lines, and that number, 888 589 8840 And Alex uses this quite a bit. If you've ever heard a sermon and you've wanted to raise your hand and ask that preacher what he means by or ask something, this is your opportunity to do it. Uh, you don't raise your hands, but you make that phone call. We love to hear from these callers, don't we, Alex?
2: We do. It is such a privilege and, and everybody, I, I know I speak for Bert and myself. It means so much to hear from you. We just we think of you, we pray for you, we love you. And you know, Bert, we've been in the minor profits. And, uh, boy, I see these calls stacking up, and uh, we're going to get there in a minute. But I want to read a scripture from the New Testament. May I? Because we've been in the Old Testament a while. Yes, go ahead. I want to hear
1: that. We have.
2: Yeah, I was reading Ephesians this morning. Ephesians four and five, and it says, uh, "Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption." Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Oh, I love this. Ephesians four thirty-two, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. It's Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. And walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. You know, Bert, i got to tell you, because people always ask, you know, well, how do we get people in church? And, you know, people are skeptical. Let me tell you, everybody wants to feel relationships and feel like they matter. And if we are empowered by the holy spirit and filled with love for jesus and love for each other Bert, i think it will be a magnet to draw people to church and to christ because everybody wants to even if they don't show it everybody wants to matter to somebody don't they
1: they really do and I, i don't know if you've heard this or not alex i think you have and we've commented on it before most of the people choose a church based upon relationships in friendship. In other words, mm-hmm. the pastor, yes, he can be effective and good, and people can gravitate and come that way. But most people come to a church because they've had a relationship with a member at that church. They've seen the reality in them, and it brings them in. And so the relationships, the most important thing there is. I was listening to, the, to family talk this morning, and, uh, that was uh, Dr. Tim Clinton was on there, and he was talking about relationship, oh, yeah. a relationship with God and a relationship with others. Uh, those are very important. And, Alex, uh, you know, you can't carry your money with you, can't carry your house with you, but you can carry relationships with you into heaven. You know, you catch what oh, I'm saying? Oh, my goodness, yeah. So exactly. let's, let's major on that,
2: Yes. And, folks, we have a relationship with you. I mean, believe me, we count it a privilege that you would be listening. And we're going to go to calls. Oh, my goodness. We're going to try to get as many as we can. Bertie, you ready to uh, open up the telephone? (laughs) Ready. All right. Who we Um, go to first? That's right. We're going to go down to Louisiana, one of my favorite places. Oh, I love Louisiana for a lot of reasons, and I have to confess, part of it is the food. But uh, Eddie— Welcome to Exploring the Words, Fire Away Friday.
3: Yeah, okay. Glad to be here. Yeah. Uh, there's, I was reading in the Holy Scriptures a few times here lately, and I come across Paul, he was talking to, I can't remember who he was speaking to, and he was talking about they were, if they believed in the, you know, if they kept the Holy Scriptures, you know, if they kept the Gospel, and lived by the Holy Gospel, and all that, they they were in good
1: shape unless they believed in vain. Now what, what what does he mean by believing in vain? Man, what a great question, Eddie. Uh, Alex, let this me see. Let's go first back. First
2: Corinthians fifteen. To,
1: yeah, let's go back to the old and New Testament in that. You know, and let's answer it fully and wholly. Uh, you know, the Ecclesiastes writers would say, "Vanity of vanity, vain or empty." Uh, and, and it carries it across in the New Testament. Although it's a different Greek, a different word than the Hebrew word, it still has that emptiness to it. In other words, uh, your belief uh, is about, uh, you know, it's, it's in your, uh, the other thing I'd like to say is if you have the faith that of a mustard seed, uh, it is faith in that is the mustard seed is a small, small seed, but it rapidly develops into a, a tree where even birds dwell in it. So believing in vain is is empty. What else Alex could you add to that?
2: Well, uh, it really means like first Corinthians fifteen 2 and I, and I want to read first Corinthians 15 one moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and wherein you stand by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached to you, unless you had believed in vain." Now, the way he says, keep, so in other words, if Christ has really changed our life, we're going to stick with it. We're going to stick with it. Um, One more modern translation that Tyndale did, says the good news saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you, unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. Now, listen carefully. There are two implications here. One, maybe you truly believe something that was false. Or two, maybe the gospel was true, but you never really truly did believe it. Uh, In other words, you just went through the motions. And neither is the case of a true Christian. Now, think about it. First of all, the gospel is true. Christ is risen, Christ is the Savior, and he paid our debt on the cross. So the message is true, and if you put your trust in Christ, you're born again, and you become a follower of Jesus. And Bert, I think this is an important point to make, that salvation is not just, quote, believing in Jesus, although it's that, but it's that we have become a follower of Jesus. Right. It is. Charles Stanley preached on this two Sundays ago. And so um, if you're a born again believer, you'll stay with Christ and Christ most certainly is risen. Therefore, our faith is not in vain. Our faith is reality.
1: And I think uh, chapter 13 of Matthew, the parable of the four different types of soils would add to that, you know. Each one of those, the seed goes out and it is sown and, you know, it springs up, but it's weeded out, you know, because of the weeds. So it is a real faith. It is a true faith. Over in the book of James, it talks about the faith. It says the demons believe and tremble. In other words, they have a, a dead faith. They have a demonic faith. And uh, so we're talking about a real faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. True and and only on him. Not a false faith, but a real faith. So Alex, uh, we hope, Eddie, we're praying that helps, brother. Where did we go to next?
2: How about we go over to Arkansas and we talk to Jake. Jake, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you, sir. Um,
3: My my question is, uh, I noticed that even on this station, I've been listening now for three years, and uh, people always use the word rapture, and, but when I, when I look in the Bible, it's not there, and then when I go to Revelations, it tells me, do not add or take away anything to this book. And if you do, your name going to be blotted out of the book of life, but people still get up there and they'll preach on the rapture when it says we're going to rise up, we're going to meet him in the sky, because he's not going to come down to earth. So I don't understand why
1: people use the word rapture. Okay, Jake, thank you for that. Alex, over yeah. in the book of Thessalonians, does talk about being caught up. Does Yeah. Caught up.
2: And you know, Jake, I wanna I wanna thank you for your call and um let, let me preface this by saying all branches of Christendom believe Jesus is coming back, whether it's Protestant, Catholic, Orthodox. Uh, Bert, I was actually on a radio station this morning in Toledo, Ohio, and this very identical question came, and so, Jake, I feel privileged that you would ask it. Um, While the word rapture—it's a Latin word, rapio, to catch away, the snatching away—while the the word rapture is not in the Bible, the concept definitely is. You know, the word Bible is not in the Bible, and the word Trinity is not in the Bible, Uh, but— the concept is there. Obviously, we know the Bible is the Word of God. We know the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Well, the word rapture, I believe the concept is there. You know, in John 14, 3, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to be with me, that where I am you may be also. And and many other places where, um, you know, you mentioned the First Thessalonians 4, which is very well known and first Corinthians as well. First Corinthians fifteen, fifty-one through fifty-three, I tell you a mystery, we will not all sleep. We will be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, we will all be changed, and this mortal will put on immortality. And then of course first Thessalonians four, sixteen through eighteen the Lord himself will come from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God, the dead in Christ will rise first. Now, here's the rapture, if ever. And the, the word, the technical word, might not be there but the concept. We who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another Comfort one another with these words. Caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Bert, um, call it the catching away, the meeting in the air, or call it the rapture. But 1 Thessalonians 4.17 is pretty compelling to me. What you
1: say it in Latin, that is the word. So yeah. if this was being tra- and, and a lot of our root words in our English language have have their root in Latin. And uh that is one of those words that has its root, but its uh counterpart or meaning is here in First Thessalonians. Jake, we hope that helps you, brother. We really do. Thank you for calling, man.
2: Well, Bert, I'm gonna ask you to take us to the next call because of all things I'm staring at the AFA computer and it decided now's the time to do an update.
1: <laughs> well, let me tell you, we got one minute left, so we're gonna wait and go. Uh let's Let's promote the book about one hundred questions, Alex, and you was telling me you thought that might be a Christmas gift for some people, didn't you?
2: Listen, folks, the wonderful people at Broad Street Publishing up in Minnesota reached out to Bert and me probably about 15, 16 months ago and asked if we would write a book, and we did, and we give God the glory. But it's caught. Now listen, 100 Bible Questions and Answers from Exploring the Word by Bert Harper and Alex McFarlane. You can find it at the AFA store. You can find it at any Christian bookstore. I mean, you can find it at... Barnes & Noble or Amazon, the secular. It's everywhere. And let me humbly say, 220 pages of answers to the toughest Bible questions. And you, dear listeners, you helped this book get written. Please check it out, 100 Bible questions and answers. And I do think it would make a good Christmas gift.
1: This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today
0: we pray for Vice President Kamala Harris, our nation's 49th Vice President. As Vice President of the United States, she is first in the presidential line of succession and is also President of the United States Senate. Matthew 23:11 reminds us of the importance of serving others. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Right now with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Vice President Kamala Harris as she serves the president and our country. We ask this in Jesus name. Amen.
1: Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go
4: to pausetopray.org.
5: We come to Christ because we need a savior. But Dr. Tony Evans says that there's more to that relationship than we may realize. He'll tell us more as we spend two minutes with Tony.
4: I fly American, have accumulated lots of miles over 40 years of flying, and, uh, and as a platinum flyer, I get a book. And this book gives all the rights and privileges I have because of my relationship with American. But I really have never paid attention to that book. I get it every year, they send it, I thumb through it, but I don't really pay attention to it because I'm concerned about one thing with American. Flying me from point A to point B. That's all I care about. I don't care about the book, I don't care about, you know, just safely fly me from point A to point B and I'm a happy camper. I don't care about the book. But the other day I was, decided to look at the book I discovered there are added benefits that have accrued to me because of my relationship. Now, I know as a Christian, your major concern is going from hell to heaven safely. Your major concern is when you die, you will wind up in the presence of the Lord. However, on your way there, God wants you to know. There are riches, rights, and privileges that you can benefit from on your way to your ultimate destination.
5: If you haven't started that journey through a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, or if you're not even sure what that means, visit TonyEvans.org and click on the link that says Jesus. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony.
0: Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio.
2: Just give me Jesus. you to know that God loves you, and Jesus has something wonderful for your life, honestly. And he's as close by as a prayer. And if you call out to Jesus Christ and ask for him to come into your life, he will do that. If you ask for Jesus to forgive your sins, he will do that. And you can begin today this wonderful life's greatest journey, life's greatest adventure, being a follower of Jesus Christ. And each and every one of you, Bert and I want you to know, that God loves you. Well, this is Fireway Friday. We're taking all questions, all hour. Your Bible question, you may call in. And there's look, there's nothing off limits. If it's a Bible-related question or something about the Lord, uh, we it would be our honor to talk with you. It's 888 589 8840 and uh bert because my computer decided to update itself why don't you lead the call board If you <laughs> i'll <would? laughs> do
1: that i i'm glad to do that well i let me get this real quickly and i will be glad to do that uh okay let's see if i got it right here with my computer yes i do and we're going to north carolina and talk to jeff jeff
5: welcome good afternoon sir good afternoon gentlemen um uh, I don't want to ambush you with a deep concern, but I would like to say thank you very much for all you've done and the many years I've listened to AFR. Um, I would like to humbly say I respect all the Word of God, every single syllable, and I'd like to ask you, um, I have some incredibly painful life circumstances I'm enduring right now, and I Mm. have no peace, no peace at all when I read that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I do not want to be cynical. I don't want to, like, laugh under my breath, right? I know uh, when David's wife saw him praising God in front of the ark, she laughed and she paid the price uh, for the rest of her life with a bear and uh, no children. So I'm I'm just going to say that. Uh, I know other people have had horrible circumstances in their lives worse than mine, but, I think each person in their own environment in their own bubble, their circumstances are bad, and my circumstances are very, very bad right now uh and a lot of needs aren't being met there's a lot of problems at work uh there's a lot of questions i'm going i'm I'm having to juggle, and I'm gonna say, uh would you please speak to me and maybe other people who um uh, they're Christians, mm. but there's just something about the word that isn't it either isn't penetrating or I can't appreciate God's promise during this incredible pain that I'm going through, either at the hands of other can, people can I say something? Or, the, or the environment. Go yes. ahead, Alex.
2: Um, brother, first of all, uh, my heart goes out to you, and, and I, I think I hear the emotion in your voice. And and I, I can't say I completely understand, because you're right. We, To a degree, we all do live in our own bubble. I, I want to say this, I, I promise you, and I want to share a brief circumstance. Um, I promise you, promise you that God has not abandoned you. And I know that even faithful followers of Jesus sometimes go through incredible uh, crucibles of testing and and I can promise you, I don't even know your circumstance, but if you can, you know, not daily, not even hourly, but moment by moment, just keep saying, Jesus, carry me along. I promise you better days are coming for what it's worth. And if, if this is extraneous, I ask forgiveness. But about 15 years ago, I was president of a school. I had uh, 38 full-time employees and about 20 part-time, and I had a $50,000 payroll to make every couple of weeks. And at that time, my parents were old and angry and going to lose their house. And we caught two people in our school in a grievous, immoral situation. And I had to do the right thing, and I took it to our board. And one of the people that was caught in sin, he said, I promise I will publicly destroy you, Alex, Um, if you call me out, I will make it my business to see that you can't show your face in this town. I will destroy your name. And let me just say, a lot was going on, plus the unending pressure to raise money and make this payroll. And then this particular person who was in terrible sin called all these donors and um, spread lies about me, said Angie and I had divorced, which was a lie. Unfortunately, I've got the closest wife in the world, you know. Meanwhile, um, my parents were going through financial problems. My dad had cancer, was going to die. And let me just say, one day I knelt beside the sofa to pray. And I said to myself, I said, God, I wish I had never been born. And the pressure, honestly, Bert, I was just 41 or 42. I mean, there was days I thought I was going to fall over with a heart attack. It seemed like the pressure was unrelenting. And the minute I said, I said, Lord, I wish I had never been born. And I said, God, I am so sorry that that is dark. You made me. You must have made me for a reason. And, and God helped me trust you. And all I would say to you, and I want to throw it to Bert. Maybe you have to say, God, please help me trust you. I would say in my own circumstance, within Three to four years, everything, everything, everything had turned around. Now, it was not fun going through my own dark night of the soul. And it was spiritual battle. I was in spiritual warfare. But I promise you, brother, please hang on to Jesus and hang in there. Better days will come. I promise you.
1: Uh, Brother uh, Jeff. Three or four things. Let me give some scripture. I know you shared about your the yoke and the burden. First Peter one six through seven, uh, and the whole book of First Peter is about suffering, persecution, and he wrote it and he says this. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, and the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it tested by fire may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Sometimes we're under the fire uh, to find out whether it's real or not. The, the assayer looks at that gold, and he puts the heat to it to get to see how much of it's real. James 1-2 says, count it all joy when you enter into various trials. In Acts chapter 9, when Paul was called, God said to Paul, I'm going to show you how many things you must suffer for my name's sake. We live in a fallen world and suffering most of the time, most of the time, Jeff, they come in heavy loads. Uh, Mm. He'll bear you up on eagle's wings. And uh, we're going to pray for you right now, brother. And Mm. And what helped me to hear you, Jeff, is saying, not only I, but you You said I'm sure there's others who are listening to this program that are in as bad or worse shape than you. You've got the perspective right. I'm praying that God would just come and be so strong to you. Father, I thank you for Jeff today. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would bear him up, hold him up. The Bible makes it plain that these difficult times they come, and when they come, they come as Alex remembered that time in his life when the burdens were so heavy. Father, I've been there i've I've faced things that uh, I don't want to go through again, but as I got through it and I saw your hand and I saw uh, what you were doing and what your your faithfulness, Father. I look back and I found out things about you and myself that I'd never known had it not been for that. So, Father, I pray for Jeff and others who are going through those times right now. We pray that you would stand with them, hold them up, and, Father, may they understand what uh, Corrie Ten Boom Betsy said when they were in that Nazi prison camp. There's no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. So Father, hold them up in Jesus' name, Amen.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow,
1: thank mm-hmm. you, Jeff. And
2: right, you know, if, Bert. In the hard times, uh, we we learn new things about the faithfulness of God, don't we?
1: We do, we do. And again, uh, everybody, write the name Jeff from North Carolina down. If we we treat this like a Bible class. And a small group. So write Jeff down and pray for him and uh, others as well. Let's go to Ohio and talk to Robert. Robert, welcome.
6: Thank you, brothers. I appreciate that. Uh, I I uh, have a question. It's about baptism. It's not that I don't think it's a typical baptism question. I know baptism doesn't save us. I know it's an answer of our, you know, our, it's a symbol of our salvation, our death burial, resurrection of Christ. And this may be I don't know a, a weird question, but I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and I know there's a lot of churches that baptize indoors. And I guess my question, let me just basically ask it this way. If baptism is to be a, a witness and a testimony, is it to the people in the church or the people of the world? And if it's to the people of the world, why do we hide it inside a church building these
1: days? Amen, Robert. Praise the Lord. I want to tell you a story that I heard from. I was in seminary, and it was about a church, and they were building a new church, and they baptized. But they put that baptistry right there on a main street and had a glass put so everybody could see it. And it would be a visual representation of that. Uh, I understand what you're saying. Now, when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, it was in the Jordan River. We don't know who all was around. We don't know that. We don't know about the others. But it is a public declaration. If we could make it more of that, here's what I'm, Alex and Robert, here's what I've heard a lot do. Uh, when somebody's going to be baptized, I know some churches that have cards, invitation cards. And they oh, yes. invite as many people, they're on their block, uh, you know, at the work as they can to come and celebrate that. So Robert has a point there. We We need to make it more public than we do, don't we?
2: Yeah, we really do, because baptism is a testimony. It's like wearing a wedding ring, you know. Uh, putting on that wedding ring wasn't what got you married, but you wear this wedding ring as a sign of fidelity and commitment. And, uh, you know, if you go to the Holy Land, you can see some, some second-century churches that have baptismals kind of like the ones now that would have been indoors. But whether, whether it's visible through a glass or you invite all your friends as a testimony— I do think baptism is is a wonderful public opportunity to witness your commitment to Jesus.
1: Amen. Robert, thank you for that. It wasn't the typical baptism question, so we appreciate it, man. And keep listening yeah. and you've blessed us today. And next, we want to go to Mississippi and talk to James. James, welcome.
6: Hey,
3: how are you
1: guys doing? Doing well. How are you?
3: Good. I'm great. Hey, I wanted to say first, um, Jeff, that um, I've been there myself, man. I, and, Alex, you know this. I've been to the point where I, could, where I said, look, I can't take it no more. Yeah. And I mean, it, it can get rough, man. i tell you what. I've been there. So I'm going to pray for Jeff.
2: Suffering can bring us to God, though. I mean, we, I, I really mean it, Bert. I think in suffering, we learn things about the faithfulness of Jesus.
1: Amen.
3: Oh, there's no doubt about it. But, hey, I'm going to pray for you guys um, right quick, and then i got a question I wanted to ask.
1: Go ahead, James. Is that okay?
3: Yes, go ahead. Okay, I'll pray first. Father, I come to you just um, thanking you for Bert and Alex and what they do, and, God, I pray that you continue to be with them and the ministry you've called them to, that, that they would do it for your glory. And Father, just keep pointing people to Jesus. Father, I pray that you be with their families, God, and and keep them on the right track, God, that they could go out and do the ministry without having to think about what's going on at home. Thank you for this show that they do. Amen. That you can keep it going in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you,
2: James. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you.
3: All right, here's my question. Um, I talked to a guy the other day that um, he said he was a modern-day, some kind of modern-day descendant of the tribe of Judah, and he believed that the, the Jews that are in Israel aren't the real Jews or something like that. you, uh, you know anything about that, Alex?
2: Well, yeah. Um, God bless you, and thanks for, thanks for caring about this. So the... Jewish people, Israelites, are descendants of Abraham, and you remember in Genesis chapter 32, God changed Jacob's name to Israel, and the sons of Jacob were called Israelites. Now, there were 12 tribes of Israel, and these descendants, you know, after the Roman uh, blitzkrieg of Jerusalem in A.D. 70, they were dispersed, although there have always been Jewish people living in the Holy Land even after the Roman occupation and the diaspora, the dispersion all over the world, um, and, of course, people, while we know May of 1948 was when Israel was, you know, reconstituted as a nation, Burt is actually a very beautiful thing. In Europe during the 19th century, there was a great awakening, a great revival, and Jewish people began to go back to the Holy Land in the mid to late 19th century, so um, there was, in the early 20th century, a um, belief system, and I, and I would say it was really a false teaching, called British Israelism. Do you remember that, Bert? Yes, I and do. And that um, there, there was this alleged, quote, lost tribes of Israel that had become Europeans. And later on, even some of the people that taught that Admitted that, that it had no real historical referent no the, the Jews in in Israel are Jewish people now And I do think it's a beautiful thing that um, You know now with genealogy goodness people are finding out all sorts of things about their Family histories, but no believe what the Bible says about the Jewish people not some recent 20th century aberrant teachers
1: We'll be back with more of Exploring the Word right after the break
6: Hannah's Heart, a half-hour program specifically designed to encourage Christian couples walking through infertility and miscarriage.
1: This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome, Mm -hmm. but this is a show that says, however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough.
6: Hannah's Heart with Ann Cockrell and Kendra White, each Saturday afternoon at 5 Central on American Family Radio. You can find the podcast at AFR.net.
0: This week on Truth For Life, we continue our study of the Ten Commandments. We'll consider the misuse of God's name and the importance of the Sabbath. Are you obeying the Third and Fourth Commandments? Find out when you listen all this week to Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Truth For Life, weekday mornings at 1130 Central on AFR and online at AFR.net.
1: For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. According to the CDC and the Guttmacher Institute, the number one reason women choose abortion is they're not ready for a child. The number two reason, they can't afford a baby. Number three, they don't want any more children. Number four,
0: they don't want to be a single mother. Number five, not mature enough to raise a child. Number
1: six, a baby would interfere with their education or career. Those reasons represent 95% of all abortions. Risk to the mother's physical health represent less than 4% of all abortions. And conception resulting from rape and incest represent less than 1% of all abortions. Abortion
0: is used as birth control. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. First Corinthians 16 verse 13 says, stand firm in the faith. When our son was about seven, he played on a church basketball team. His coach wasn't really good. He constantly told the boys, focus. He'd say, Joshua, focus. Sam, are you focused? You need to focus. That's all he said. One day Michelle said, they don't know what to focus on. He hasn't told them where to focus. If all God said was stand firm, but didn't tell us what to stand firm on, then that would be frustrating. But God says stand firm in the faith, in your faith in Jesus Christ, in your trust and confidence in the gospel and the word of God. Focus on Jesus, the object of your faith, and God will strengthen your life. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 830 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio.
1: We love exploring the word is because the word of God does speak through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lives are changed, and we're praying that your life has been changed. If it has not, and you need that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a number we want you to call. Now, we've got calls, so we're all right here, but there's a number. If it's more important than calling Alex and me right now. It's Triple it's Eight Need Him. And they'll talk with you. They'll pray with you. They'll help you to come to that time and that place in your life where you just trust Jesus as Lord and Savior. Because whether you know it or not, you need a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And the only one that qualifies through thick or thin, through no matter where, how, is Jesus Christ. I pray you would trust him today. Well, Alex, uh, we got people online. You ready to answer some more questions, brother?
2: Uh you ready to go to Alabama and we'll speak with Don. Uh Don in Alabama, welcome. Hello Don.
1: Calling Don. Don from Alabama, are you there?
2: Okay. Going once. Yeah. Going once. Okay. Well, maybe Don can come back uh Stephanie in Ohio. Stephanie, are you there?
3: Yes, I am. And well, thank you for you're holding. just such a blessing. God bless y'all every day. I tell you what, you're such a blessing to me and uh, to so many others that I know enjoy you. Hold um I have a thank you. kind of a simpleton question, I'm, maybe, because I'm pretty new to Christianity and but you guys have really helped me so much. Thank you so much. And uh it's uh it's about the rapture. You're getting a lot of rapture questions today. <laughs> Uh, I want to know what happens to children and babies during this time
1: when the Lord calls us home. Amen, Stephanie. Thank you. And welcome. We don't know how long you've been a born-again follower of Christ, but welcome to the family. We rejoice in you. And uh, let me just share with you, you will continue to have questions the rest of your life. Uh, I've been following the Lord since I was a 12-year-old boy. Christ changed my life. And I'm still living with some questions and some of those questions help me. But Alex, I do the rap, a rapture, a gathering up is going to take place. Now, I don't care where you are, the Bible says that as plain as you can get it, regardless of what you might term you might use, there's going to be a gathering of God's people to meet him in the air. That's what it says. It couldn't be any plainer than that than in First Thessalonians. Now a lot of people think it's going to be seven years. Uh, bef- uh, at the beginning of the tribulation, some at the middle, and some even at the end, whether we go up and come right back. Now, we're not getting in that today. We've done that before. But those children, here's what I know. The God of this universe will do what's right. That's the first premise, isn't it?
2: Well, it is. You know, um, we often talk about, here's another Term that's not in the Bible, but the I believe the concept definitely is is the the term quote age of accountability, at an age at which we become you know aware of our responsibility to God and you know uh, verses like uh, Psalm fifty one five where David says I was I was born in sin sinful from the time my mother conceived me, and the Bible talks about that. The children reach an age when they realize they're accountable to God. All right. I believe at the time of the rapture, uh, those that are mentally incapable of understanding what it means to turn to Christ or children, Bert, I I believe that they're under grace because do you remember David said um, in second Samuel 12, um, he cannot return to me, but I will go to him. And, You know, it speaks of Jesus, you know, growing up um, in favor with God and man. And it says, before he knows, before the child knows to choose the good and avoid the evil. So, Bert, I think that there is a there's a grace and a covering of children and those that are. See, here's the thing. I'm going to say this. I'm going to throw back to you. God would not demand that you do something. It would be impossible for you to do. And for mentally challenged or children or infants, they're they're under God's grace. And if the end of time were to come right now, they would be in the presence of the Lord.
1: I believe it as well. I believe they will be with the Lord at that time. And Stephanie, uh, thank you for listening. And we pray that Exploring the Word uh, will bless you and help you grow and I hope you're in a local church where you're growing in a small group where you can minister and they can minister with you. Uh, Those things really change lives and bless us. So thank you for your call today. Uh, Alex, where do we go to next?
2: Uh, We're going to go to a very familiar, beautiful place called Mississippi. And uh, we're going to speak to Terry. Terry in Mississippi, you're on Exploring the Word.
1: Hello. Yes, welcome. Um. Yeah,
3: I listen to you all show all the time. I'm a delivery driver, and that's why I keep my radio station on. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, I have been having two questions for a long time. Y'all happened to answer one yesterday with somebody else. But this is my, my question. Genesis 1.26 says, God created man in our image. Who is our?
1: Okay, great. Alex, uh, all three of those individuals are are talked about about creation. God the Father. And it talks about the Spirit of God moving over the face of the deep. And over in John, it talks about in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And John 1.14 says, And that Word became flesh, and we dwelt and we beheld His glory, talking about Jesus Christ. Is the hour the Godhead?
2: Uh, yeah. You know, it's interesting. In the Genesis 1.26, you've got both a singular pronoun And a plural noun, God said, let us make man in our image. So you've got a singular God, and then you've got this us and our. Well, let me tell you what it doesn't mean. And a lot of times like this, I think we have to, Bert, it behooves us to look at what the whole of Scripture says. Not to mention just, you know, good reasoning, by definition, God must be one in a category of one. We don't believe in what's called polytheism, many gods. We, we don't believe that. Uh, we don't believe in tritheism, that there's three gods. The nature, the essence of God, the, 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 the person of God, there's one, one God. But as we look at all of Scripture, clearly we see there is God the Father, sovereign over the whole universe. God sent his Son and the Son is co-equal with the Father and in fact Jesus says in, in John 8:58 and John 10 that he is of the same nature or essence as the Father and he would say I and the Father are one And then we've got God the Holy Spirit. So I think the way we understand Genesis 126, although Bert I believe you and I could probably do a week of shows on Genesis 126. But I think that's probably the first allusion to the Trinity in the Bible. That you've got a singular and a plural, and yet it's not a contradiction. There's one God, but this God eternally exists in Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Now, Bert, I, I don't. People say, do you understand the Trinity? Well, not completely, no. Probably not infinitesimally. But I definitely believe it because that's what God has revealed.
1: It is. And our image has some, man, uh, I would say, expanse that I don't think we can even d- uh, dive into it, what it means, image. I know Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, man, body, soul, and spirit. Uh, we are the created being who is able to commune with God we're able to communicate with him. He's able to communicate with us. And so, this idea of image is so expansive and so big that, but it, it does have the idea that we can know God. Now, Alex, that blows my mind. I, you, and I, and Terry, we can know this God, this God who That's is true. the creator and uh so in in that image we're called
2: a friend of god it
1: is and in that image that's the idea uh the hour doesn't uh i, I believe you got it down with our the trinity but the image is is expansive in everything yeah. it means and jesus had says if you've seen me you've seen the father and and so uh, so praise the Lord, Terry. Thank you for listening as you drive that truck. Oh, Amen.
2: And let me say one last thing, Bert. And th- you know, I hesitate to make an illustration. People often say, "Is there a good illustration of the Trinity?" And not really, because God is different than His created world. But I mean, think about this. And this is, uh, let's not make it go too far because it's it's imperfect. Uh, but all right, Bert Harper, you're hearing him on the radio right now. He's an influence for the gospel. Bert is a father, a son, and he's definitely an influence. Now, yet there's only one of Bert Harper, but he wears several hats. He's a father, he was somebody's child, he's a son, and he's definitely like the Holy Spirit, at least in the sense of influencing people toward Jesus. So the creation reflects the Creator. To a point, Psalm 19, but I I really, Bert, I've heard of, you know, a three-leaf clover with one stem and yet three leaves. Um, There's some things that come a little bit close, but this eternal one God, yet within the God nature, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I believe it. But I I don't know that even in heaven we'll fully comprehend it, although we'll come closer than we do today.
1: This comprehensible God is incomprehensible. You catch what I'm saying? Uh, wow. Paul was caught up into the third heaven, and he tried to describe it, but he says it's indescribable. That's that is what we're dealing with with this God who loves us and He's making made Himself known to us. And mm. so, man, fall in love with this God. all love you. This God is bigger and better than you could ever Dream
6: or think. Alex, got any more uh, calls?
2: Greg from Tennessee. I want to be sure to get this in.
6: Thank you so much for all you do and for ministering to our needs out here. I just wanted to say thank you to Jeff for calling in and having the boldness to share his burdens as he did. And we all are facing that in these last days. We're all facing, you know, I hear daily on AFR, Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's all he's after in this world. But I just want to encourage Jeff with take root in having the salvation that possesses you. We, You know, Satan has tricked us into thinking it's our salvation. You hear people, my salvation, my salvation. No, it's the salvation that God gives that possesses you. We are bought with a price. We are not our own. And that's the salvation that will see us through to the end. And I thank God that he is sovereign and that when he does claim us, you know, in Philippians, it talks about what shall separate us from the love of Christ. And it lists everything, even yourself. Once you have salvation possessing you, you cannot separate yourself from the love of Christ. And I thank God for his word and how we can stand on it. God bless you guys. Mm. You Have a blessed weekend.
1: Hallelujah. Amen, Greg. Preach it, brother. Uh, I, I want to add this. I think we maybe get one call in real quickly, but I, I, a guy that's gone to build the Lord, he probably ministered to me as much as anyone I know. His name was Ron Dunn. Ron, at a time in his life, hurting beyond measure, family crisis after family crisis, beyond... We're talking about death. Uh, we're talking about pressure. We're talking about depression. We're talking about a heavyweight. What did you do? He said, I kept on believing I kept on doing what I was called to do as a follower of Christ. So, in these times when you are loaded beyond measure, keep praying, keep loving, keep serving, keep trusting Him. Don't let up. And uh, thank mm-hmm. you, Greg. We got time for this last call. Alex, go ahead.
2: Uh, how about we go to Arkansas and speak with Kenny? Kenny, thank you for holding. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Hey, Kenny? Yes. Yes, I'm hey, here. Man, you're on, my friend.
6: Okay, great. Um listen, I had a question. First of all, thank you for the great job you guys do. I enjoyed listening to you. Uh you it was several weeks ago somebody called in about Lazarus that Jesus resurrected after he mm-hmm. died and uh it was it was mentioned that you thought maybe you know that he had lived and then died again. I had a pastor friend of mine who was a strict literalist. He said the Bible cannot contradict itself and it will not make a statement that it will not hold to be true. And he said, since it says it is appointed that man once to die, he seriously believed that Lazarus was still alive somewhere because he'd already died once.
1: Okay. Kenny, I've, I've never heard that. I, uh, you know, Alex uh there's no doubt in my mind that you know it's appointed unto man wants to die uh you yeah. know once that for some people that would not degate two times you know if there was two angels yeah. there and somebody just but, saw one there would still be two angels there you know and uh so but
2: but you know if if we're gonna make that hebrews uh nine twenty seven so, so in you know, unbreakable, then that would mean the rapture couldn't happen because people are going to get glorified without having experienced physical death. Um, let me say that that's right, that everybody's going to die, but I don't think that precludes Christ having raised Lazarus or, um, you know, it talks about in Matthew 27 that some saints arose after Christ's resurrection. So um, I, I'm, I'm a biblical literalist, too, but Lazarus either got raptured or he died again. One I would, or the other I would think.
1: One or the other. Yeah, I agree. Hey, Kenny, thank you for your call. That was an interesting call. I had never heard that before. So that's a new one for me, Alex. Hey, uh, you preaching yeah. anywhere this weekend?
2: You know, no, I'm not. I'm going to South Elm Street Baptist to hear Lawrence clout. Well, my let pastor. me
1: share. I'm going to be at First Baptist Church, Baldwin, Mississippi, where I'm interim pastor. I'll be there at nine thirty preaching. And uh, so we'd invite people to come, but we invite you to listen next week for more of Exploring the Word here on the American Family Radio Network.
6: The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.